Hello and welcome to uh, another episode, I forget which episode it is, I was about to say episode a number, but I don't want to get it wrong, of uh, Tiny Boy Trying to Grow, TBD2G. Have you heard that name of the podcast before? Is I did that the not first know time? that was the name of the podcast, but that is a very cool name. I tend to name. apparently not tell people the name of the podcast because Jerry didn't know it either. <laughs> um, but I'm here with my good buddy Chris. And uh, how are you today, Chris, first off? I'm doing fantastic, man. Glad to be hanging out with you. I haven't seen you in a few months, so it's mm-hmm. good to be hanging out with you. Uh-huh. And uh, so we'll just start off with the questions I get out of the way. I'll ask everybody, but how did we meet, Chris? We met, we worked together at a job uh, probably about a year ago. And um, I'm trying to remember how exactly we became friends because we're kind of an odd couple. You know, a a 40-something black guy and a 20-something white guy. 40-something black guy that loves hip-hop and R&B and a 20-something white guy that loves uh, metal and (laughs) stuff like that. We're kind of an odd couple, but somehow we became good friends. Was it when when, uh, our team lead made you sit next to me? I think so, yeah. In the basement there? Yeah. I think that's what kind of started it. That is. <laughs> but uh, it's funny you say odd couple. I forgot about the time we went to, uh, we went out to dinner after work one night. <laughs> yeah. At just like a Coney Island, which people, if you don't know what a Coney Island is, it's just like a, it's kind of, it's a sit down restaurant that sells like American food, mostly like breakfast all day. It's really low key. Like a diner. Yeah. But uh, there is at least like a handful of, of groups there that like, we're looking at us strangely. Right. When yeah. I was looking around. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, how long have uh, have we known each other for? You kind of answered that. But. Let's see. We've known each other, was it maybe 2014? So about three years maybe? No, I started at Gempact <laughs> in 2015. Okay. So a couple years. But you yeah. know what? Sitting next to each other and like going to wrestling shows and hanging out. We have talked an awful lot, so I feel like our friendship is much deeper than a two-year, just two mm-hmm. years of knowing a guy. Yeah. Yeah. So for everyone that doesn't know, um, I've told you my stream knows Tyler. So yes. this, me and Chris are who go to Tyler's wrestling shows. He's who I go with every time uh, when he can. Like, he's missed the last few, but it's okay. Um, but, yeah, so me and Chris met at the same job. I met Tyler and Jerry, actually, at. Um, but, yeah, so Chris knows Tyler as well. Yes. Um, what's the last question? I, oh, I, I always ask, what do you do for work now? But I do a couple things. Okay. I well, do a couple things. You can plug whatever you want here okay. as, as well. So I have a radio show on AM 910 um, in Detroit every Sunday night from 7 to 9. It's called Detroit Live. And I just kind of get on there and we talk about entertainment news and we talk about issues that are going on with politics and things going on in the world. I also have a day job that I can't say very much about. All I can say is that it is a part of the medical industry, but I'm forced to be secretive. So that's pretty much all I can say Uh, about that. Yeah. I felt weird working at our last job and then interviewing afterwards because I felt bad. if I felt like I couldn't say anything. Yes. Yes. That's right. Because our other job. job. So that's two jobs in a row that I've had that were secretive where you can't really say much about what it was. Not supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. um, So we'll just jump right into it then. Uh, so the first question I, I kind of forewarned you about, it's not really even a question. Someone just wrote the word nihilism here, and I'm going to read the definition again because I had to look it up and I don't really know much about it or anything. But the definition is the rejection of all religious and moral principles, often in the belief that life is meaningless. Um, 
So I don't know where they would like us to go with this, but, uh, you know, you have an interesting history in terms of religion, I would say. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was something that I, uh, I enjoyed listening to when, uh, when we, you know, first started talking a little bit more. Do you have any experience with nihilism or any comments about it at all? I've never heard of that word before. I can tell you that I do not believe in religion or subscribe to anything religious whatsoever. I do think that we must abide by some sort of a moral code. Mm -hmm. So I do kind of believe in morals. So I guess you can call me a half nihilist. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you, where do you if if you don't believe in in any religion, where do you or who writes, I guess, the moral code that we abide by or should you, abide by? You know, I think that, the, that from? the moral code that we abide by was put inside of us when we were created. I okay. mean, you automatically, you know, regardless of your upbringing, you can feel it. You can feel what's right and what's wrong. Okay. And you kind of decide from there what you want to do. But I think that all of us inherently know what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I have much to add to that in terms of this topic. I've never, you know, the only, like, I've never felt the belief of nihilism. You know, I grew up in a Catholic household um, and then, you know, kind of found my faith when I was in college. Um, and now I'm Christian, but uh, I've never, I've always kind of had the, the, the thought that, you know, I, I just can't imagine living with the belief that life is meaningless. I don't, I just, yeah. I don't know where you would find the will to do anything with that mindset. I just feel like that's a, a, like a scary place to be in terms of like, I don't know. I would just feel worried for someone that was in that mindset. I just feel like it'd be easy to fall into a slippery slope if you just felt like nothing had purpose. Exactly, because there's no telling what you would do or be open to doing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we'll go on to the next one here. Uh, this one I told you about earlier, but I know you don't like to think about things, and I don't really <laughs> even know how to answer this yet. <laughs> but uh, what's a childhood memory that you... Okay, so there was a typo. So that has molded you into who you are today. They said that you has molded who you are today, but it's a childhood memory that has molded you into who you are today. That's a great question. So I'm going to go with the first thing that came to mind, and I'm not sure how this molded me, and as I give this answer, it might come clear. But I can remember as a kid being, I had family that lives in the South down in Alabama, down in the Bible Belt, and I can remember as a kid, I might have been like six or seven years old, and I had to go to church Mm -hmm. with uh i was down visiting my aunt and uncle aunt ola may and we had to go to church and in the church these people would catch the holy ghost and they'd get up and run around the church and i just remember this guy he had on a red suit and these red high heel dress shoes and he caught the holy ghost and he started doing laps around the church and i just remember is this a physical like person who's wearing a sheet or anything or is this just like they're just chasing nothing yeah he's chasing nothing okay. he's just I'm running he just sure. caught the holy ghost and he's doing these laps around the the thing and as a kid i can remember that it intrigued me and it also like kind of like scared the hell out of me too i'm like what in the world is going on why okay. is this guy doing laps and that's something that always stuck with me as a part of of religion and also like as a thing of 
you know, regardless of what your viewpoint is of church or religion, something got him worked up into a frenzy and something had him doing laps around that place. And that's something that my whole life has like kind of stuck with me as far Could as have been the the offering basket that's maybe so yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and i don't know how that molded me but that when you asked that question that's the first thing that came to mind okay okay i thought of my answer too just now i've been trying to give this one thought because it was an interesting question i couldn't really think of anything good but i think i actually thought of something so um as i've said on stream before i have crohn's disease and i was diagnosed um <clears throat> like my freshman or sophomore year of high school is when we started kind of seeing doctors and I think I was diagnosed one of those years I don't remember but um, when I was in eighth grade is when I really started like it started to become noticeable that something was wrong like I started I was already a r really skinny guy and I was uh, starting to lose weight um, I was just an absolute twig more so than now and uh, I had like stomach pains that would come back every like 15 minutes or so um, I my appetite was pretty small, um, etc. And so my parents, you know, um, started worrying about me, and they had me start getting checked out by some doctors. I saw I don't know how many doctors, but we went to quite a few. And I just remember having to repeat over and over like the symptoms I was having, like over and over, mm -hmm. and just like being like, okay, like I don't know it was a really tiring process not that it was like all in a really short span of time but it was just a really long periodic like okay another doctor's appointment okay where are we going for this one etc and I saw a ton of doctors and it was just I kind of grew up um, in the doctor's office often and I don't mean like in the ER often because like I was never really bad enough to where I'd have to get rushed to the hospital or anything and since I've been diagnosed um, I've been in remission pretty much um, and I've been on a few different medications and stuff, but I, I haven't had any, like, serious problems. But just the the grind of, like, kind of not knowing what's wrong and being in a doctor's office so frequently um, kind of makes me feel for kids that have worse problems than me. Mm -hmm. You know, like, especially kids that are, like, diagnosed with, like, cancer and stuff at really young ages. Um, I just can't imagine, like how much worse that would be in terms of, you know, what you have is life threatening. Um, I don't know. It just kind of made me, uh, have like more of a soft spot for that. Um, but kind of gave me a different perspective of like, okay, yeah, this is kind of what it's like if, you know, when you're in the doctor's office so often, um, I missed like a lot of school, I think for that, not like frequently, but I had to like leave early constantly cause I had doctor's appointments all the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I guess, something that has stuck with me, I guess, having that mindset of like, you know, this is some kids' lives, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, anything else to add on that uh, topic before we move on to the next one? No, that's, no, that's uh, about it okay. for me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we'll go on to the next one. Uh, what is a habit you wish you had or could break? And then they put in parentheses, other than porn, because that's <laughs> for me. <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> well, no, because you know why I why I laughed is because, like, I read a statistic once that said that ninety seven percent of men watch porn, mm -hmm. and the other three percent are lying. Yeah. So that's I why I kind of like that's why that made me chuckle that they said other than porn. I mean, Tyler said something similar to that yeah. of, along those lines to me before, and um, 
I mean, I just know for a fact that that's not true. I have very close friends that don't watch it, and yeah. I know that they're telling me the truth. Like, they wouldn't lie to me to be like an ego. Like, we're good enough friends to where they would be open with me if that was something that they were doing or struggling with, I guess, and you know, whatever. But mm-hmm. I just know personally that that's not true. So I just don't really yeah. take that for much. Everybody that I know watches porn. All mm-hmm. the guys, half the girls that I know watch porn. Okay, <laughs> I mean that's good. I don't whatever. Yeah. Anyway, do you, do you know of a habit off the top of your head that you wish you could break? Um, a habit that I wish that I could break would probably be procrastination. Uh-huh. I procrastinate quite a bit. I get a lot done. When I get into a certain mindset, I do get a lot done, but I will procrastinate, and I would say that's probably the number one habit that I wish that I could break. Okay. Yeah, I. that's a good one. And that's something that I have a problem with as well. I'd have a tendency to be really late to not really late. I'm just always late. Like every time I say, um, like, especially with my, my really good group of friends where I know it's not like a huge deal. I have a tendency of saying I'll be there at three and I'll always be there at like three fifteen, three twenty. Like I just always leave late and I don't really have good reasons as to why it's just, it always tends to happen. But, um, I don't want to choose that, so I'm going to choose. Yeah, me neither, because I'm always late, too, but I'm not willing to admit yeah. that that's a problem, because it's never a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I did have to get talked to once at work about being late, more than once, actually, at that <laughs> other job yeah. where I got written up. Me but too, me too. At, this, at, the, at my current job, they told me to stop being late. So, yeah. But um, in terms of a habit I wish I could break, I want to say, like part of me wants to say being like getting mad at video games and I tend to be decent at that but there are times where I'm just like this is pathetic I don't know I wish I could be less careless about video games and I think it's really silly to care too much about video games and I've said that multiple times but I am somewhat of a hypocrite well, why do you say that because why should you care about a video game because it's fun. And it's yeah, it's supposed to be fun, but if yeah. you're losing and you care about it to the point where it's making it not fun, then why, why why, should you do that? Okay, but usually the more you play it, the better you get at it, and then you'll start kicking butt on it. Okay, but here's my problem. So in Left 4 Dead 2, I've already kind of hit my peak a long time ago, and I'm at the point where I know what the correct play is everywhere so I see my own mistakes even mm-hmm. if I know like I know I'm making mistakes actively yeah. as opposed to a game like Overwatch which I mean you, these are gir- gibberish to you but like a, it's, as opposed to a game where I don't know much about it I might not know if I'm making a mistake in the moment Yeah. whereas in Left 4 Dead 2 I'm like oh I should have done that or that was stupid what I just did etc cetera, etc cetera. and so it, it becomes even more frustrating because I see everyone else's mistakes and mine Mm-hmm. As opposed to just kind of like playing the game and not necessarily understanding everyone else's mistakes plus mine yeah, get and getting you. frustrated at everything. Yeah. So I have uh, I've been not great at that as of late, um, and that's something I wish I could change or you know wish I should work better on, work more on. But that's my official answer: is is to care more about things that matter and care less about things that don't. I guess. That's a good answer. It's a good general answer. <laughs> a good general yeah, life yeah. rule. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anything else to add before we go on to the next one, which is yeah. an interesting one? All right. This one's interesting. Uh, would you rather have one friend who is essentially family to you, um, parentheses, no judgment and unconditional love, um, close parentheses, or in a group of five pretty close friends? 
So would you rather have one best friend or five really close friends? I've been in both of those positions before, and they both have their pros and cons. I would say overall I would roll with the five. Why is that? Just variety is the spice of life because when you have that one person, you know, you don't want to kind of burn out that friendship. And I've been there before where you just got that one person that like your person and you trust them and stuff. And just, you know, after a while, you just kind of, you know, get tired of hanging out and stuff. Whereas with there's when there's five, you got kind of like a variety, you know, a few different people to hang out with and, and, and do things with. Okay. So there's just more options. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. See, I, it's been interesting. This is an interesting question for me because I've never necessarily had the first one before. I've never really had one best friend. Um, you know, I've dated a couple of girls, if you count that. Um, and well, you know, my maybe person, the, the person that you spoke of with, with the unconditional love, the times that I've experienced that has been with a female. Uh-huh. I've never well, experienced feel like that with that's, a male. Yeah. I just feel like... Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've never really, even the people I dated, like, we were close or whatever, but I wouldn't, like, say any of them were at any point my best friend. Yeah. And I'm not saying that'll never happen, because, you know, I'm dating someone right now, and it's going well, but I don't know if we're at that point yet. Um, but uh, You never told me about that, by the way. I had to learn about that on Facebook. You well, never that's because you anything. never, well, first of all, it's only been, like, a month. Second of all, <laughs> you haven't been around. I haven't <laughs> seen you in, like, six months, so. Okay, I'll give you that. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But and you didn't ask. <laughs> I didn't know. Did I have to start the conversation? Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. Well, you said I, I you just found thought out at some Facebook. point. At, at some what point did you find out through Facebook? Um, when I was just scrolling through my timeline on Facebook, and actually, I've gotten off of Facebook within the last. I probably saw probably the day you posted it because I haven't been okay. on Facebook in about a month. So, okay. Yeah. So I mean, if you didn't ask, why is it up to me to tell you about it? Because that's how it goes with your friends. You tell them about all the exciting things that are going on in your life. Okay. Well, we've, we've been talking this past few months and stuff on, like, hangouts and stuff. Yes. But at what point have we talked about our personal lives much? But I would have never thought to say, hey, see money, which is what I call you. Yeah. Hey, see money. I want to prove relationship? real quick. I want that to be public knowledge is that at our last job that I was known as see money. Yes. To multiple people, not just you and, like. Other people called me C-Money. Exactly. Can yeah. you con- just wanted that to be confirmed. Confirmed. That Any- is confirmed. Anyway, go on with the By a third party. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, go on with uh, why it's my job to tell you about my life. Because when you talk to your friends, you know, you just tell them. You say, hey, man, check this out. This is what's going on great in my life. I met a new girl, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't really get that way. Okay. Ever. And I'm not saying that it's because, you know, I'm embarrassed or anything like it's going well I'd be happy to talk to you about it but I just don't really bring up stuff often in terms of what's going on in my personal life to most people and I'm not saying you're not a close friend because I didn't really even tell Tyler he just found out circumstantially on Facebook Um, probably no he doesn't use Facebook (laughs) no he 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 asked me what I was doing and I was like oh I'm in this city and he's like why are you there and I was like oh I'm with my girlfriend he was like oh I did okay you know, and that's how he found out. So it's not a big deal. I'm not like, like cause what do you want me to do? Like every time something happens, send like a group text to all my friends and be like, announcement, I this is happening. No, because you know what? I enjoy like a lot of times we'll like get on Hangouts or text mm-hmm. each other 
about jokes or like potty humor and stuff and i actually enjoy that so i can't really put that on you to not tell me because half the time we're texting well, about yeah, potty well, humor right yeah what am i supposed to do like <laughs> we're talking about farts and then i'll be like hey i started dating someone too right, speaking you know? of farts <laughs> right yeah. so anyway i just i mean i i get that like my friends deserve to know or whatever like i i'm not against that i'm just yeah don't know how i'm supposed or at what point i it's up to me to out of the blue tell someone about stuff like that you, you know, know? What? i'll give you that i'll give you that like it comes up yeah like it comes up when it'll, when it'll come up it's not you know it's not a pressing matter for your life necessarily you know what i mean like it yeah, doesn't affect sure. your life and it's just awkward that it comes up on a podcast that's all it's but it's okay <laughs> though it's, <laughs> uh, it's okay. okay no biggie i saw jerry um, you know, a couple weeks ago, he doesn't even know I'm dating anybody. We didn't, didn't even come up. Yeah. That's fine, you know? Anyway, uh, so what was the fudging question? Oh, so the rather have one question or five, or one, no, uh, yeah, one friend best or friend five. or five. Yeah. So you, so you chose five, and my answer was, we kind of went into a side thing there, but my question, or my answer was that I've, I've had the five before. I've never necessarily had the one. And, you know, before... Especially before I started dating this girl, I've never had somebody who like actually is like curious about how my day is going, and yeah. you know, someone to talk to throughout the day. Yeah, I just had like random texts from you know friends here and there, and you know, it's it's really nice. I have to say, like it's it's it it is nice having like a person that you can talk to, you know, whenever mm-hmm. you want, and not like feel like why is he texting me out of the blue or about like you know something random. I don't know. And not that my friends would be like, why is Dawkins texting me? But you know what I mean? But yeah. I don't know. It it does feel a little nice to have that companionship. Um, but in terms of if it was like a guy friend, I think it'd be a little different. Like if I could choose one guy best friend or five guy best friends, I'd choose five guy best friends. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what I was thinking yeah. about too was guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I guess there was no gender specificity. I don't know if that's a word in the question. So that was my answer. But um, so, yeah, if it was of the same gender and you're heterosexual, then uh, I would probably choose the five just because, you know, five is better. If I could hang out with five people in one night or hang out with one person in one night, like one friend or five friends that are all, you know, have the same interests and get along well and everything, then I would choose five, I guess. It'd probably be more fun. Right on. And you have, you know, but it is nice having, like, I mean, even within, like, my group of friends, I still have, obviously, friends that I'm more closer to. And, you know, you ha- you only have one best man at your wedding, you know, at five. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. hashtag drama. That's right. You, That's right. Not, you know. <laughs> anyway. So, I, it's really indifferent, though. I don't think you're in a bad place if you, you know, only have one and don't have five. I don't think that's any, you know, a bad thing, necessarily. Yeah. I, d- I think it really just happens how it happens. You know, some people, like you know start hanging out with like their neighbor or something as a child and then they just grow up and they're forever best friends that just happens and there's nothing wrong with that but Mm -hmm. some people don't have that situation there's nothing wrong with that so um you know i don't really it doesn't matter either way but uh, i think friends in general are important absolutely that support system is very important Mm -hmm. all right anything else to add on that nope all right here we go let me this one's more uh, hypothetical, I guess. Okay. 
Um, if time travel existed, would you use it and what for, or would you let time be as is? <laughs> okay, so if time travel existed, I would absolutely use it over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, like going back, you mean? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would go back and fix things. You know what? The biggest thing that I would do, man, and um, hopefully this isn't this isn't this isn't too adult for the audience. The ones that got away, I would go back in time every time and change those situations for the ones that got away and make sure that I went back in time and took care of business. You're talking about like relationships, relationships, one night stands, girlfriends, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was when you said when you're talking about relationships, I was like, I don't know how that's too adult. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How do you know if someone's the one that got away from a one night stand? Because, you know, if if in hindsight, as you get older and you get maturity, you look back on situations and you're like, oh man, the green light was there and I totally missed the sign, and I go back and take advantage of those green lights. Oh, so you mean the one-night stand opportunity was there, but you didn't take it? Exactly. I thought you meant like you had a one-night stand with someone, and they're like, no, I want to spend the rest of my life with that person. I was like, how do you know that Ooh, in one no, night? I don't, that's never happened to me before. Okay, <laughs> that's what I thought you were saying. That's the why ones that like, got away are the opportunities that I had that I missed. Sure. I would go back and, and do those opportunities. You know, sometimes, too, this is something I always think about, and this might sound really weird. I think about, on a fairly regular basis, what if I could go back in time with the life experience and the maturity that I have now and go back to a younger age and live life from this mm -hmm. perspective from an 8-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 15-year-old kid? Mm -hmm. I think that would be pretty awesome. And you know what else I think about? I think about, like, so you have, like, the tech boom and Apple and all these things that are popular now. What if you could go back in time and invest in those companies or learn to do that thing before it got popular and then be, like, filthy rotten rich i mean i probably wouldn't i haven't given that much thought you know i've heard that like scenario before like oh if i had thought of it first blah blah but i don't know if that's worth thinking about i have thought about the first thing you said which you know kind of going back with this mindset as opposed to being an actual child yeah um you know because there's stuff about my child i was an idiot as i think everyone every child is an idiot until they're like at least like 17 or 18 i'll give them like i'll hear them out but you're still probably an idiot i was an idiot till i was like 28 yeah that's what i'm saying i'm <laughs> probably still an idiot and like i just like having especially through like my young 20s especially growing so much like each year and i'm learning so much more it just makes me think more and more of how stupid i was when i was younger exactly, and i don't just yeah. mean like oh i was so stupid i did this thing i just mean like generally i was probably i was stupid mm -hmm. just not a smart human mm -hmm. in general um but especially like through grade school and stuff i mean it's night and day from you know where i am now i would say you know, I was like a bully and stuff. Like a, you a see, money stuff. was a bully. I have one kid. Actually, I could see you being a bully. Actually, why? I could see that, cause like if if you have like your opinion on something or if you want something, I could you pretty much go after what you want. I could see you being a bully. How does that make me a bully? Having it that doesn't. Quality? It doesn't make you a no, bully. No, no, no. How does that quality relate to being a bully, though? You, I think that you have. I don't think that you are a bully, but I think that you have the capacity to be a bully. I think that you are a very, um, from my opinion of being friends with you over the last couple of years, 
you're a very compassionate person, but I do think that you have the capacity to be a bully if you wanted to. What makes someone have the capacity to be a bully, though? The capacity to be a bully? Yeah, like what what prerequisites you, does someone need to have? To I've seen you call people out on stuff before. That's not being a bully, though. If I'm no, calling no. them out, that's like almost anti-bully. Exactly, but th- I think that there's something, uh, that willingness to be able to call people out, that could very easily be turned into bullying. And I don't mean that in a bad way. So, <laughs> quick story time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other night, just the other night, I think it was Thursday night, and today's Saturday. So, I was streaming, I was playing Left 4 Dead 2, and it was just a public game. And there was this guy on our team who, out of nowhere, just called me an idiot. Like, as he just started insulting me. And I was like, why am I an idiot? Now, that I don't agree with. you. I've In the time that I've known, you've never done anything to make me say you're an idiot. Okay, I don't well, think you're an idiot. Well, this guy, well, you then you would agree, appreciate my argument here. So I, I said, why am I an idiot? And he just kept calling me names. I said, you can't call me names without giving me any actual <laughs> evidence of why I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah. And so anyway, I literally sta- I started yelling at this guy. That's like a joke because it was like 730 and I don't, my brother wasn't asleep yet. So I was like, I can yell. So I started yelling at him. And then this guy started, you know, like when people are – talking like they're about to blow and their teeth are grinding while they're saying what their what their words are oh yeah they're like, you know and they're <laughs> like you know they're you can tell their mouth is like they're like gums are not moving when uh-huh. like their top of their mouth is not moving while they're talking uh-huh. he started talking like that and then he actually started yelling back at me and like i think i trolled this man into literal insanity but <laughs> <laughs> but uh so i mean i was technically a little bit of a bully i probably pushed him a little too far but he started calling me names first yeah i don't see anything wrong with that at all <laughs> <laughs> what was funny too is there's another dude there on our team who was his friend and he started backing me up yeah when this dude started losing it it was pretty funny anyway so yeah i was kind of a bully but i wasn't a bully and because i wanted to be mean when i was younger you know, I was a bully to this kid because everyone else bullied him. Mm-hmm. And I was always so desperate to try and fit in growing up through middle school and grade school and high school that I just kind of jumped on board. Um, I've since apologized to that kid, like, and at some point late in high school, I think I did. Maybe in college, I don't remember. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't because I wanted to be mean or I thought I was better than him. I was just, like, I just was, like, trying to fit in. And that was stupid, you know? <laughs> Like hey, live and that's, learn, that's some of the stuff like that's what I'm saying if you go back now I would be like call out the people who are making fun of him you know yeah. like, what do you why would you say that actually though you know but you know like I said most kids are idiots and uh, you know I probably won't pay attention to what you have to say until you're so I mean, that's not true I have friends that are under 17 on my stream that I listen to but you know what I mean mm-hmm. anyway <coughs> I didn't answer the question if time travel existed. I just talked about your point. Um, I don't know. I I mean, so if you're saying that you'd use time travel and you've thought about the other things so well, haven't you thought about the fact that if you go back, it could, and then came back to the present, it would be different? Or what you would change by changing the past? Because that's, I mean, that's like a general, that's just a no-brainer in time travel. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. That, that'd, be what, that'd be what I would be concerned with, is like if I, you know, went back and didn't bully this kid or something then maybe i would never never meet like you and tyler in which case i wouldn't trade it you know what right, i mean like right, right, yeah. you never know what you're gonna change i've thought about that before like if i fell in love with someone else um would i have 
ended up with my daughter, the person that I know now. And yeah, I, I've thought about that before, but I think I'd still risk it. How would you feel if you went back in time and then you came back to the present and your daughter just never existed? That would suck. Like if you, you yeah. like already, everyone else in the present doesn't know what, right, you right. never had a daughter, what are you talking about? Yeah. But you're like, you yeah. know, how that'd be messed up. That would, that would be very messed uh, up. You're yeah. still taking that risk. Yep. Gosh, you're <laughs> such a good father. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, it's hypothetical, so I'm not worried about okay. it. Okay. If it were real, I would give it some real thought. But as a hypothetical, man, heck yeah, go for it. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Um, let's see. Okay, so this one's interesting. And I've actually, I think I've asked you for some personal advice on this before. Something similar. Not this, this directly, but something similar. And he gave me advice that made me think of this question. Anyway, so the question is, uh, is it the right thing to do for a child to try to forgive a parent who abused, neglected, or mistreated them? It is the right thing to do, but in your own time it's the right thing to do because it takes a lot to get to the place where you can forgive the forgiveness is really for you it's not for that person and so it takes a lot to get to the point where you can say you know what i'm i'm okay with that i forgive that okay yeah i would agree with that i think um oftentimes when i tell or oftentimes people link forgiveness with like you have to try and be friends with that person now. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think that's the case. I ha- I actually had someone uh, talk to me about this recently. His his um his parents were like kind of abusive, and his family situation was not the best. Um, but uh, you know, he was like, "What do I do?" And I was, he was like, "I feel like I have to forgive them, but I don't want to like be around them." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, you can do that and not be around exactly. them." Exactly. And you know what? This is what I've learned from some of my life experiences. <laughs> The person doesn't even have to know that you forgave them. You can forgive them yourself and move on with life yourself. They don't ever have to know. Uh huh. Yeah, and that was actually what I came to you with. Uh, I don't remember what. It must have been a wrestling show because it was yeah. after Jump Pact. And I asked. I said, uh, you know, how do I? What is? How do you move on? What does that mean to like let go and move on? I don't know how to do that. What does that mean? Uh huh. And you told me a story about your uncle. Yep. And you said that every time he would pop in your head, you would just said out loud, "I forgive you." Is yep. that right? Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I tried doing that, and, you know, I don't know if that if I can link it directly to that specifically, but I can't say it hurt. It definitely helped a little bit, yeah. but it wasn't the only reason that how I moved on. But, uh, you know, I remember that's what made me think of that question. And, you know, like, if somebody has done something to you, wronged you, treated you bad, abused mm-hmm. you, whatever, that individual is a flawed individual as well, and they're trying to cope with something as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, if like it, bullies, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, if, like, if you can manage to have even just an ounce of compassion towards them, that helps you forgive them and get over it. Uh-huh. You know, because you know the chances are, when someone has wronged you in some sort of way, they're not even thinking about what they did to you. They're getting on with their lives, and we're the ones that are like, they did this to me, they said this to me, they did mm-hmm. this to me. And if you can get to that point where you can have a little bit of compassion and forgive them, now you're free. You freed up energy to get on with your life. When you say, if you can find, what's the way word it? If you f- to have a little compassion for them, uh-huh. I just, to me, I'm very like literal. Like I want, I'm a kind of a planner like I want to know like this is what I want this is how I do it yeah etc cetera, etc cetera. when people say things like just move on just forgive them 
have some compassion. I don't know how to do that. Like, yeah. how do you start having compassion for somebody who's had a very negative influence in your life and, you know, hurt you or wronged you in some way? I just don't know how to, like, start that, Yeah. you know, process. For me personally, it is, like, a con- making a conscious effort to let go, to let go of it. You know what? Yeah, they did that to me. And you know what? That that happened. You know, just kind mm-hmm. of even just acknowledging that that happened. I think because what's so frustrating is, you know, you look back on these things and there's really nothing you can do about it. If you were abused by somebody, if they went to jail, if you beat them up, if you killed them, whatever happened, whatever your experience is, is still your experience. And you've kind of got to live with that. So it's kind of like just making peace with yourself about what happened so how do i get compassion for somebody that i hate how do you ooh, that's, a, that's, a good, that's a good question how do i i think if i could i think part of that too and part of like just being alive in general is i think and part of the reason i started this podcast is i think perspectives are really really important in terms of anything really in life and I think if you can understand the way someone else sees something, you can learn a lot about that something or learn yeah. why they ha- take certain actions or do certain things. And I think if you, I think thinking that someone wronged you, it's important to understand why they did what they did. You know, maybe they didn't want to do what they did. Maybe, you know, there's a billion explanations, but you know, if if, if they wronged you and you end up finding out that they wronged you intentionally and was like, you know, it was an ill-willed uh, action towards you, mm-hmm. then I, how do I get compassion for that person? Because I, to me, it's very easy to like be wronged and then be like really angry and like hate that person. But then you kind of go to the person and they might not even have known that they wronged you or yeah. anything. And, and, and that's like, what I was going to say. Usually when people do things wrong, even horrendous things to you, they're doing they're trying to fulfill a need in their life you know whether it's love or money or companionship or whatever the need to be in control you know whatever they have done to you it comes from a place of them needing something and not getting Mm -hmm. what they need okay so yeah I'm just processing it in terms of like situations. And I'm not saying that it's right or it doesn't give them an excuse, but just to be able to understand what's going on, that understanding, you know, allows place for healing to take place. Yeah. I think when there's still question marks there, it's harder to move on for sure. Yeah. But when you have an understanding of what's going on and you kind of know, you know, Mm -hmm. that's why, yeah, I think uh, communication in terms of, humanity is really important Mm -hmm. um i don't know who would disagree with that statement but uh yeah i just i I don't know i i really do think that perspectives are really important in terms of anything especially in like if you believe you've been wronged or something then i think it's important and that's why i always usually do call people out in terms of like there was one dude who i'm trying to think of how to kind of tippy-toe around this because uh, I don't want to call him out directly. <laughs> but, um, you know, he was like a friend of the stream. He was around. He was a good buddy of mine for a long time, decent amount of time, not a long time, but 
Um, I don't even know how long. But anyway, he kind of just, like, disappeared out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And when I kind of called him out for disappearing, he kind of just disappeared again. Yeah. You know, he kind of, like, came back. And when I was like, hey, you know, that's not okay to just disappear like that. Like, at least talk to me a little bit. And, like, what's wrong or why did you do that? Um, didn't really give me a reason. And that, I think, kind of just scared him off. And, you know, if there's nothing that he wants to do in terms of um, maintaining a friendship, then there's nothing I can do about it. You know what I mean? Like if if literally just talking to me about why you did something um, is too much for you, then I'm not just going to sit here and have you walk on me, you know, like take advantage of me over and over like. Not even like take advantage, but like just have you lie to my face over and over and keep coming back. I'm not gonna take that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm just asking for honesty. And if you can't keep that, then or if you can't provide that or won't be willing to be honest with me, then I don't see a point in being friends with you. I guess. Yeah, and you know what? That's there's certain people that that's not a match for. I when when we first became friends, that's something that I immediately noticed about you is like you know you're the kind of guy. You know what? Just shoot straight up with me. You uh-huh. know, what, what's the deal? What's going on? You know, and if people don't shoot straight with it, you call them out on it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I, I feel like, yeah, there's too much like BS in the world. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think I it, would agree, man. I would agree. Yeah, that's funny that you and I think Jerry said that too. Yeah. Jerry's story was when I first met Jerry. Uh, sat in front of me when I first started at Jumpact on mm-hmm. the, on the floor. And, um, he, you know, we were just talking and I, you know, I asked like what you did before this or something. And he was like, Oh, I was a custodian of a school. And I was like, isn't that, what do you mean? Like, is that just a janitor? Yeah. yeah he yeah, was like, yeah. yeah, I was like, you know, custodian <laughs> of the records, custodian of the building. I was like, why didn't you say janitor? And he said that that like, you know, he, that was interesting to him that I just mm-hmm. immediately was like, why didn't you just, why are you trying to sound? Exactly. Well, you're trying yeah. to puff yourself up. I don't care. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah. So that's that's good. That that's a qual. That's good to know. It's a quality about me that some people appreciate. I guess it's led to some awkward situations, but I can imagine there was when I was getting this car actually. So this car that I have, um, it's a two-year lease. And when I was at the car, um, dealership, I was trying to think of the word. The salesman was trying to like pitch me. You know, I'm a guy in my young twenties at that. Well, I'm still in my young twenties. Oh gosh, not much longer. I'm gonna be mid twenties this year. Anyway, in four months. Um. Anyway, so I was in my young twenties. I was like 22, and uh, you know, he's trying to like sell me or pitch me all this stuff about upgrades and like, oh, you can get this cool spoiler on the back. Blah blah blah. blah. And my dad was there, just kind of like. It was my first experience, like, kind of getting a car for myself. So I was, like, you know, he was kind of there just to guide or, like, correct me. But he was just kind of letting me do whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, uh, you know, I laughed at him when he said that. And he said this cool spoiler. And he kind of, like, stood up a little bit, like, what yeah. What did I do? And I said I said to him, I said, I don't I don't know how long, how often I'm going to be walking to the back of my car to look at my spoiler. Right, exactly. And yeah. he immediately stopped, like, from that point on, his tone just changed with me yeah. completely to, like, less like oh bubbly salesman oh hip car to like okay this is a car that you can have and and we'll be fine etc so he stopped like you know his he just immediately knew that like okay this kid just wants to get a car that will go from point a to point b and Mm -hmm. you know not gonna see much here anyway so it's interesting 
Uh, all right. So this one's interesting too. Any any additional comments about um? I not a, I was about to say abusive relationships, but that's not what it's about. Any last thoughts on forgiveness? I guess. Okay, we'll move on. All right. So this one is: How do you address not seeing eye to eye with friends of a friend, as in not agreeing with views or their choice of words, etc.? I'm the kind of person I just cut them off. If we don't, if there's something seriously that we don't agree on that I feel strongly about, then I don't have anything to do with that person anymore. Mm-hmm. When I read this question, I first read it as how do you not how do you address not seeing eye to eye with friends, and I was like okay. And then when I read friends of friends, I was like oh well easy you just you don't have to hang out with them. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I've had multiple times where in my life I've had friends of friends that I don't really care for. Or I don't you know see myself in that group it's not even that i dislike them necessarily it's just not my group you yeah. know it's just like I, uh, I don't really fit in here i'm fine with just not hanging mm-hmm. out with them where i've just kind of made a choice to like hey man like you're one of my best friends but i don't need to be around when they're around exactly. so you can hang out with them do whatever you want to do but i don't need to be here i'm the exact same way and you know as an african-american male when Barack Obama became president and also when Donald Trump became president, I have a lot of friends that are, I have a very diverse group of friends as far as culturally and, mm-hmm. and ethnicity. And I have friends that we're still friends, but I know, okay, we can't talk about politics because you we've got very differing uh, viewpoints on politics and things like that. But, you know, it's it was an eye-opener when the reaction to some people when Barack Obama became president. And, you know, I, I did lose friends. We're not friends anymore, but, you know, the way that I look at it, everything in life happens for a reason, and it happens when it's supposed to happen. And if we talk about something and we, like, disagree on it, and I feel like, it, you know, your opinions are not my best interest, and see you later. Bye. No, I'm assuming your friends, excuse me, I'm assuming your friends that did not like Obama was because of his race, or was it because of his political views that they were not happy? Well, the thing that's interesting is they gave other reasons, but the really the root cause was because of his race. How did you know that? Just you can just feel the there's a certain amount of passion. So like if if there's a guy and they say, OK, I don't agree with his viewpoint on abortion. Uh-huh. People would just say that, you know, yeah, he's this abortion. But with Obama, there was like the certain extra something there that went unsaid but you could just feel it you know i don't like him okay okay all right i don't know i i really didn't care about politics then yeah like i I really don't care that much now but i started to kind of educate myself a little bit like i started getting into it a little bit but i mean this just might be because i'm a white 24 year old but what you just said i just can't i don't understand and and i don't expect you to understand your your life experience and perspective is totally different yeah than than what mine has been so like until you have walked in my shoes and experienced what i've experienced you have no idea yeah i, and I mean obviously remember, i wasn't there for that conversation either yeah, so anyway at, go on at, at a job that i worked last year there was we had interns in the summertime and there was a kid there he was like 16 or 17 and some of the people in the office black and white told this kid that he was privileged and he got really upset that they said that you know his his family came from money i forget where they live but it was a well-to-do suburb of detroit mm-hmm. and he got really offended when they said 
you don't realize it, kid, but you have a really privileged life. You know, have you ever went to bed hungry? Have you ever been discriminated against? Have you ever had to go without? And the answer was no. When you picked a college to go to, you got to go with to whatever college you wanted to. It didn't matter what your parents' economic background. It didn't have an influence on that. And he just didn't know. And I don't hold that against people. If someone has lived a privileged life and has never experienced the things that an African-American person in America experienced, great. I hope you never do experience experience those things. But also, from where I sit and from what I've been through, you kind of get an idea of racism when you see it or when you feel it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I just, uh, like, I'm not... And I, I'm not like against. Obviously, there are racist people out there, and there are racist people, and people have, some people have racist, racist like tendencies and stuff. I'm just against like the idea of if you disagree with someone that's black, you're racist. No, that's absolutely stupid. And yeah. I, when when I let me preface what I'm about to say by saying I don't agree at all with pretty much anything that Donald Trump is for. Okay, <laughs> we're like polar opposites politically. But I was really shocked at how liberals who are supposed to be the people who are open and, you know, everything is kind of like it is what it is. I was really shocked to see how the liberals behaved when Donald Trump won. And there were a lot of people that were like, hey, if you don't agree with this, then that makes you a racist. And absolutely it doesn't because people based on what their interests are, that's who they're going to vote for. You know what? As a black person, if I were rich, I would have voted for Donald Trump because he's going to make laws that benefit rich people, regardless of they say he's a racist, he's this, he's that. If I were an affluent person, I more than likely would have voted for Donald Trump. Doesn't the Congress make laws? Yeah, he but signs the pres- them. The president signs a ton of executive orders, and he exerts a great amount of influence on um, the things that sure. happen when yeah, you're in office. Yeah, it's mostly just joking. Um, yeah. wha- what was I going to say? Um, yeah, I think the the ideology that I hear pushed a lot in terms of politics is that, um, and you may think differently, but I feel like it's mostly like if you're black, you have to be Democrat. Yeah, and I don't agree and with I that And I think that, inher- that is racist because if you're forcing someone to think a certain way because of their race that's racist absolutely yeah so i think that that's funny that often not often but that gets pushed sometimes yeah and that's you know like if you're you're <laughs> like that's just silly to me i, I just don't understand it at all mm-hmm. but um what's interesting is that you said that you don't talk to your friend like the friends that you disagree with politically yeah what's interesting about that is you know tyler's one of my best friends we started talking about politics as of like a couple months ago and we get in arguments almost like every day, <laughs> but it's not like angry, like I hate you arguments, you know, like it's, it's, yeah. it's fine. And it's good to kind of, uh, argue with the other side a little bit in terms cause we disagree. We're like nowhere close. I don't uh-huh. know. We took like, there was a political test that like put you on like a graph. It was like left, right. And then like, I forgot the top one, but one was libertarian and the other one was like, whatever. Yeah. The opposite of that. And he was like super far to the left and I was like on the right. And, uh, it, you know, we disagree a lot on a lot of things, but it's like I enjoy talking about politics with him almost more than I do if someone was just like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree, you know. And you know what? Even though, because Tyler and I have talked about politics a little bit, even though he has his own viewpoints, 
it's not like dogmatic. What do you mean? As far as like, I still feel like he's open to hearing what someone else has to say. I don't feel like it's like this is like his opinion. Oh yeah, for end sure. All be all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did say, Fudge, what did I say to him that made him go on a 20-text rant the other day? <laughs> I don't remember what the question was. It was something. I, I knew it was going to just, like, set him off. But anyway, no, yeah, I agree. It's it, That's what I think part of the what makes those conversations worthwhile is, is yeah. that it's not one of us just, you know, saying, I'm right, you're, I'm right, I'm right, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're stupid, you're stupid. You know, like, and it's not like just screaming at each other's faces. It's like, well, yeah. no, this and this, you know, and it's an actual conversation that I disagree with a lot of people on and so sometimes this is what might make people who are racist feel comfortable enough to tell me their opinions I have, am of the opinion that we need less government in our lives uh-huh. that you should make your own way the, the playing field has to be level and with a level playing field everybody needs to be held accountable uh-huh. Whereas, you know nowadays if, if you want to use that as your crutch you can go and get government aid. You can go yeah. get on welfare, things like that. I think that people should be a little more responsible for what they're doing. But also, in the sense of, in, in from the process. Before you go into something that I might not agree with, I yeah. want to say I agree with that 100%. Okay, anyway, good. go on. All right. And then the, uh, the other side of the coin is there are a lot of provisions that are made for companies where a lot of companies are welfare recipients of the government as well. And I think that that's something that should be looked at and eliminated too. Yeah, I think... Are you talking like big companies or small companies? I don't know big, much about what you're saying. Yeah, big so. companies. Big There's companies, so okay. many tax breaks for companies. Yeah. You know, like even like here in, in, in Michigan, they're building a new uh, stadium, and the Red Wings are going to play there, and the Pistons, and they're going to have concerts. They're sharing one? Yeah. I didn't know they are sharing that. Yeah, they're okay. sharing. But the city of Detroit is putting in $35 million. If you can afford to pay athletes millions and millions of dollars – then the city should not have to put any money in. I think that's a to oh, me that's corporate that's an example of corporate welfare. Or like companies like in the city of Detroit you have companies um used to have the Carmanos Institute, you have Quicken Loans that occupy buildings in downtown Detroit and are getting tax breaks for being there and it's like a catch twenty two because if they get, didn't get the tax breaks, they might not be there. But by yeah. the same time, if you got a billion dollar company, you got to come off some cash. What I was, yeah, I mean, you kind of commented on what I was going to bring up is if if they don't get tax breaks or if, like, why would Quicken Loans be in downtown Detroit if they could be anywhere else at the same price Mm -hmm. without, like, if they could be anywhere else at the same price, why downtown Detroit? If they could, you know, not get, like, a tax break or something or Mm -hmm. obviously there's some sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like an incentive? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the guy who owns Quicken Loans, like, is trying to help the city out in terms of kind of rebuilding it a little bit, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so obviously there's some of that there. That's, uh, I forget the word I'm looking for, but, you know, not charity, but. Like philanthropy? Yeah, Yeah. like that is a part of it. But in terms of if you're not going to incentivize, like, say, hey, you should come to downtown Detroit, why would a business come to downtown Detroit as opposed to somewhere with, like, a much smaller, like, crime rate and stuff? Yeah, and that's why I say it's a catch-22. And there's there have been tons of improvements that Quicken Loans have made in the city, especially in terms of security, you know, but there's always two sides to every coin, you know, anywhere that you go in downtown Detroit, you're being, you're on surveillance pretty much, which, you know, I would rather take my chances on being mugged than being watched by Big Brother. Really? Yeah. 
I kind of disagree in terms of just in terms of downtown Detroit. Yeah. If it was like my city where I live, I uh-huh. would be on your side. <laughs> but I mean, as a small, frail white child walking around downtown Detroit, I don't know if I would, uh, you know, I'd rather have. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel more safe. And that's totally coming from someone who does not spend time in downtown Detroit. So. And I can dig it. That's that's your that's your uh, perspective. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, all right. I think we have like not many more here. Okay. I think we have one more here. That's a real question. All right. Um, someone here, just real quick. This isn't the one, but someone wrote griefing in video games. Um, do something else. <laughs> you don't really know anything about video games, but yeah. So I'm assuming you don't really have a comment on that. I just yeah, wanted to comment on it. Yeah, I know about old video games. Yeah. <laughs> so like griefing an online video game, you basically join an uh, online game and like ruin it for everybody. Ah. Uh, so that's uh, do something else. Yeah. Um. All right. How do you feel trade schools compare to renowned universities? Many people go to school for what makes the most money instead of for what's in employment demand, and complain that there are no jobs. What? Where, where, what, where as the, oh, whereas the needs for trade jobs are skyrocketing immensely, especially with manufacturing growing as rapidly as it is, do you think it would be beneficial to praise all forms of education rather than just which schools are the most expensive? Mm, that was a lot in that I question. Think education, the educational system is a racket. You know, you go to school and if you go somewhere like U of M, you spend like, a hundred thousand dollars you know you go to wayne state you spend eighty thousand dollars and it's going to take you so many years to pay that loan back that it's Mm -hmm. not even worth it i think the whole thing is a racket i think that you know that needs to be overhauled in china and in india you go to school for what you like for what you want to do and it's usually a part of your high school curriculum and after high school like they call it post-secondary it's like dirt cheap and you get to learn your profession and you spend time practicing your profession and then you go and work in your profession. Whereas over here, it's big business. And I think it's it's just basically like a scheme, like a scam, basically. The whole educational system is a scam. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree that it should, could be cheaper and stuff. I guess in terms of like, I just am hesitant to praise the idea of people should all like I think you should major in what you want to do mm-hmm. and what you want to major in, but excuse me, you have to kind of like understand that what you have, what you want to pursue might not be easier than something else that someone else would want to pursue. But it and makes let me it, to me it makes it easier if it's something that you love. Like for instance, I do not like math. So if you sent me to school and told me I had to use math or learn math, I would not do very well. I do enjoy enjoy working with my hands. So some I, I enjoy carpentry. So if someone said, "Man, carpentry's t- I can't do carpentry because I like it. It's something that I uh-huh. that I think I'd be good at." I mean, I'm not. I don't know how that related to what I said. Because <laughs> <laughs> you said that you said that if it's something that's hard. But if it's something that you love, then it's not hard. No, I just mean like in terms of if you're going to be, if you enjoy like painting, you know, you have to know that if you graduate with a painting degree, it's going to be harder to sustain yourself. Like it's the field of painting is harder to make a lot of money in than the field of computer science. Yeah. So like what I was about to say was like I have a film degree and 
uh, my one of my buddies from college, actually multiple, have computer science degrees. Mm-hmm. And he got a job straight out of college making, he was salaried, and he makes like a good amount of money, like a lot more money than I make. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not uh, complaining about that. Like if I, and I'm not saying like, I do kind of regret not going to computer science because I do actually kind of enjoy it a little bit. Yeah. But I'm not saying someone who hates computers needs to major in computer science. I just mean that I'm hesitant to say that the painting industry should get like subsidies or something that makes it equal pay to computer science just because that's not what the market is demanding. Yeah, I mean, and as long as you know going into it, you know, that if right. you study music or arts or painting, right. that you're probably going to have a hard way to go. Uh-huh. Or why even, what do you need to go to college for then, for that? If you want to be an artist, just be an artist. We need to go to college for yeah, I mean, there's certain things that you do learn in school, but I kind of agree. I tend to agree with that. I think if I think a lot of the strides you'll make, um, well, somewhat. I think a lot of the strides you'll make in terms of being an artist are probably more so out of school. Yeah, and that's not always true, but um, I don't know. There's like for I was thinking of like acting and stuff, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of networking that happens in school that that's you might true. not get if you didn't go, but. Um, yeah, I think I just think you need to be clear about it. You need to have a kind of an understanding in terms of um you have yep. to kind of know what you're going to expect. Like don't expect like don't graduate with a painting degree and then go on strike that Trump's not paying you 60,000 a year. Like exactly, that's all yeah. I'm saying. It's just you have to kind of understand that you understand your market and understand what you want to do and then actually pursue it. Yeah. So like in terms of streaming like I've kind of given up a decent amount in my life. Like I just switched to part-time at work and stuff. Like I, I've made an effort knowing that like, you know, you might not make it or this is what I want to do and it might not be as lucrative as, as something else. But as long as you're doing what you want to do, I don't have a problem with that. But if you have, I do have a problem with you demanding money for something you want to do that no one's asking for. Yeah. I, I guess. See money. Yeah. After P. You have to pee. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's getting close. So we're doing this right before <laughs> Tyler's wrestling show. Yeah. And, and you can edit that out if you want as to. A, no, I don't really edit it. It's fine. <laughs> so we're, that was the last question on the list, actually, too. Yeah, so okay. that works out. So we're doing this right before Tyler's wrestling show, and it's getting close to starting to, what would, what would you call it? Not like tip-off, but like bell time. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're probably going to call it there. But, uh, yeah, we're at a little over an hour. But thank you for being on, Chris. Yeah. Any final thoughts or want to plug anything else? Um, feel free to replug what you said. Yeah, replug. Oh, yeah, check me out on AM 910, 910am com on Sunday nights from 7 to 9. And I haven't done my podcast in a while, but the Chris Lee Show, you can like that page on Facebook. And uh, this was a lot of fun, man. I always enjoy talking to you, and I always enjoy doing podcasts, man. I'd love to do this again one day. Yeah, yeah. I uh, It was nice, you know, the first time seeing you in like six months, we just jump, <laughs> jump right on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know, so. right? Yeah. So yeah. that's fine. But anyway, take it easy, guys. Thank you for listening, and uh, another episode will be out in the next couple of weeks here. So take it easy, guys.